All right, welcome to another episode of The Point of Pittsburgh, The Pod. Uh, as always, I'm still, for the time being, Kevin Cray. And I'm still Steve DiMaselli. Steve, welcome back to your correct time zone. And uh, Yeah. You got to see it's how nice, uh... got to see last week how I do it. You got to juice yourself up for those 9:30 p.m. recording times. Not as easy yeah, when you're I, uh... getting ready for dinner, is it? Yeah, it's 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 a little tougher. Um, you know, and then also the fact that I wasn't going to edit it later on that night. You know, and then just forgot about it for a few days. You know, that was uh, <laughs> that was kind of rough. You know, <laughs> go heading 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 to the airport and being like, oh crap, I forgot to I forgot to actually release the podcast this week. So, uh, but we got there. It was fine. You guys got a Sunday edition, so a little you had a shorter off week this week for for our loyal listeners. You know, yep. between shows. All right. Well, let's uh, jump into it. It's my favorite segment. It's uh, Safe Space. And let me see here. Oh, it's my turn on the couch. All right. So I'm going to jump on. And uh, I don't know if you saw the Corbin Burns uh, video interview that kind of went a little bit viral today. But the Milwaukee Brewers apparently over uh, with Corbin Burns, their Cy Young perennial scion candidate they took him to arbitration the two sides were separated by a mere seven hundred fifty thousand dollars and i i'll be honest i don't know which reporter from milwaukee uh interviewed him but corbin burns was none too pleased about getting dragged through the mud at the arbitration hearing on valentine's day as he pointed out uh and just want to say that uh for everyone that always complains about this, the pirates being cheap and the pirates, why are they fighting with this guy over two hundred fifty thousand, five hundred thousand dollars? Well, this is Milwaukee Brewers, uh, which is, you know, for all intents and purposes, they're in the same uh, price range as the Pirates, and they're fighting with a Cy Young candidate over seven hundred fifty thousand dollars to the point that he sure seemed irritated. Uh, and at least definitely had his feelings bruised. So just want everyone to remember that there are 29 other teams out there, and every single one of them is out to beat the player and to keep salaries down. That's just an edict of it. Now, some keeping salaries down means a little bit more. The Dodgers, I think that means everybody has to make $10 million or uh, uh, you know, or, or, or let, uh, no one can make less than $5 million, but it's all the same. And everyone's out there just trying to watch the bottom line at the end of the day. Uh, Kevin yeah. and Corbin, I hear you. Yeah. Corbin needs to be heard. Yeah. He, he got that out there loud and clear. So we have, uh, a nice transition period. Valentine's Day is always the time to reflect on your loved one, your partner, your soulmate. But it also means that the pitchers and catchers usually report around that time as well. And this year is no different. And also the Pirates had some early birds get to spring training this year, including uh, Brian Reynolds. Um, so Steve, the offseason's over. Rejoice. We've done it. 
Yeah, we we've gotten through this difficult period and the, and the storylines, and and interestingly enough, the storyline that got us through most of this winter ended, you know, as soon as uh, spring training started. So with with Brian Reynolds, you know, sort of making nice with the Pirates and withdrawing the trade request and saying he's still open to an extension once to end his career here, um, you know, but it does feel good. I and mean, we're going to actually have some baseball stuff to talk about, um, you know, a little less theoretical filler, and we can talk more about what is actually going on on the field or about to go on on the field. I thought the interesting thing in the Reynolds interview is that he said, yeah, the numbers that are out there are pretty much, pretty much correct. So that means the team was offering around, 75 to 80 million and he's looking for uh about 120 to 140 i mean what are we doing here guys let's just split this down the middle and call it a day you know let's let's do 690 6 100 um i would take that and you know you're gonna have some leaner years at the end but um i don't know i would do that I think he still are. Oh, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, go ahead. All right. No, we still are asking parties to move $20 million though. Um, in order to make that work though, Oh yeah. you know, so, I mean, that's a lot of money. I mean, I, I, I don't know. They are pretty far apart. It's, it's hard to see them getting a deal done, but hopefully they, they figure it out. Well, the, yeah. I mean, the pirates ask was pretty ridiculous. I mean, six for yeah. six for 75. That's, you know, you're asking them to move a lot of money. Well, they aren't even, that's not even a legitimate offer. Well, it's not even started. Yeah. I mean, they, they have more room to move in my humble opinion. Um, I I think at 120, I think it's still probably a little high than he's going to get from just about anybody. But I mean, that's still, that's in the realm of reality. 140, that's maybe pushing it. That's, that's a little high. Um, you know, but yeah, seventy-five million is uh, over six years is just in the ludicrous range, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, but um, I don't know. You know, whether it's just hope springs eternal, or uh, Lucy's getting ready to pull the football off from under me, whatever it is. But I am actually looking forward to this pirate season. And I gotta say, it's the first time in a, quite a few years. Um, Someone just asked me literally an hour ago at one of my client meetings, uh, what did I think about the Pirates this year? And I said uh, somewhere between 76 to 78 wins. Um, That was a very ballpark number. That's not going to obviously make the playoffs, but as I told this gentleman, I said they're going to be a little frisky, hang around the edge of the playoff race for longer than people think. Uh, I like this team. I think the vibes are great thanks to Andrew Stefan McCutcheon coming back and uh, I really like what we're going to be seeing hopefully from the minors this year yeah it's and we've talked about this a number of times but this season is really about things starting to come together Um, we're not going to see the final project on the field yet um, but you know that's going to be something that we talk a little bit about today um, kind of looking at, uh, you know, we've, we've talked about a lot of the, the immediate term and that would meaning this season, but we're kind of, I, I want to kind of look at a little bit ahead today, mm-hmm. uh, at, at maybe the near term for the pirates. And that would be like after this season and then maybe even a little bit into the long term as well too, which would be three years and beyond. Okay. Yeah. Um, because I think with, you know, if, if you actually, if you start looking past this season, which again is, is still up in the air, it's not going to be. 
you know, it's, it's going to be progress this year, but it's still not going to be what everybody wants. But when you look at the near and long term, and not even through like a tremendously optimistic lens uh, that we've sort of like outlined in our show notes for this week, it looks pretty, it looks pretty good. Yeah, you want to start leading it off? Well, we're going to take a look at position players here. And um, we're going to depend, this one might spill over into a part two or we save it for next week with the pitchers but let's start with the position players and uh why don't you lead us off behind the dish yeah so um hopefully the short and long terms sort of blend together here uh, and, and i mean really we've got to hope that andy rodriguez or henry davis one of them can establish themselves in the near term and then you know really make the position their own in the long um you know, I, hopefully uh, one of them sticks around and, and, and signs maybe an extension. Um, we've talked about Andy as a great extension candidate already because, you know, he's not gotten paid ever. So, uh, you know, Davis at least has that big bonus check. I mean, obviously he left something on the table for the Pirates in that, um, you know, in, in, in his, uh, his, his initial deal with the team, but, and he's never gotten any money. So we could see, I, I could conceivably seeing him, I could conceive of seeing him signing a long-term team friendly deal, uh, like the kind the pirates like to offer just to get some money on the table for himself, uh, and for his future, just some guarantees. Yeah. I'm with you too. Um, I'm just going to be slightly different. I'm going to say that Near and long will be uh, Davis, but I'm gonna probably shift Andy out um, mm. into or out into the outfield, uh, which okay. is which is down the line a little bit in our discussion. But um, I can't if if these guys are both where you and I think they're going to be, it's going to be at cross purposes to have two above average players sharing the same position and i have my own solution for that as well too but let's uh we'll save that for a later position so um but anyway all right so first base um there's not much here um in the system currently i have a feeling that this is going to have to be uh, a free agent edition Mm -hmm. um you know, it could be, or, or a trade, of course, too. Like, this could be a, bring a guy in as a rental for a year or two, kind of like they're doing right now with Choi. Uh, it could be that maybe this is the position that they'll finally splash the cash on in the open market, you know, this next season. Um, and maybe sign somebody to a four-year deal and sort of take care of that near term and then a little bit of the long term. Um but it's not there. There's nobody in house. I mean, they have Malcolm Nunez is obviously there, uh, and and he could surprise. I'm, I'm not going to rule that out as a possibility, but I'm not going to count on it either. Um, you know, so I, he if he makes some good progress this season, he's got a buffer in there with Choi. You know, um, so if he hits like crazy in AAA and forces his way into the picture, that's awesome. Way better. But as of right now, it's looking like this is going to have to be an outside option. Yeah. I- I guess I'm always, I'm always, uh, first base is just so devalued for me. I never really get concerned about it. Um, you know, unless you have like a Freddie Freeman floating around your, uh-huh. your farm, 
uh, everyone just kind of uses that as like a little bit of an ad hoc position, you know. Um, so I'm not super worried about that one. Uh, but I, yeah. I agree with you that it's probably going to be, I'll even say that the near and the long are probably going to be two different players. Yeah, um, I think that's fair. You know, they, it feels like that's going to be like a, a one to two year position. So, yeah, and that's really how they handled it through the last window as well, too. Um, you know, so I, I mean, I, I have no problem with that either. Um, yeah, I'd like to see them get a little bit more productivity out of the position this time around, but I don't think it's, uh, I don't think you're in horrible shape, you know, by, by looking at, looking at free agency. So, so on to second base. So, um, the way that I see second base playing out is they, the, the, this position's loaded with, with, uh, with, with depth at this point. There's, a number of guys that can play this position, you know, some of them have arrived already, some of them are about to arrive, but there's a lot of guys that could potentially lock this spot down. I think that what's going to end up happening here is we're going to have somebody in the system step up and become a bridge to the ultimate future at this position, which is going to be Termar Johnson. So thoughts? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little surprised on the near term that you didn't put Nick Gonzalez in here because I know you're you're way higher on him than I am. Um, for me, I, I'm gonna kind of ride with uh, uh, Rodolfo Castro here on the near term, and uh, it's no secret that I am not the largest Termar Johnson fan, but it's hard to disagree at this point that he's not the long term solution. So I'm gonna go Castro to johnson yeah and nick nick gonzalez certainly uh fits into that in the system bridge um i i do think that the that could see him move off the position at some point in time especially as termar gets closer um we have a lot of I, I think there's a lot of positions that are pretty well locked in you know for the long term not well i shouldn't say locked in but there, there's definitely going to be some a little less clarity at some point, but I, I do think Tremar is going to be the, the future there. Um, but, uh, but you know, the rest of the infield, um, I mean, I have Hayes and Cruz there in the near term and the long term. I mean, Hayes is locked up for a, a good long while. Um, Cruz is obviously, hopefully, you know, just, just beginning something special uh, at this point. Um, you know, I, I I do think Hayes is the 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 current and future third baseman. I I don't so I, I think that that's not going to change. What I do hope changes, and I know you agree with me one hundred percent on this, is his spot in the bat, batting order. If the Pirates can get him down to the seven eight neck of the woods uh, in the long term, I mean that's an incredibly deep lineup. But I also think that that's. Uh, you know, I think that's the really the right place for him if his current um, productivity. You know, if he's if he's an all glove, uh, light stick third baseman, that's still fine. But I think that that is that 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 spot lower down the lineup would be ideal for him. Yep, yep, I completely agree with you. No notes on Hayes and Cruz, um, so let's just kind of shift it out to the uh, outfield grass now. Yeah, so in right field, I have I, I have just kind of the, uh, the right, I think it's going to end up being just sort of the spot where 
we end up with position battle losers. Um, you know, where whoever doesn't quite take the reins at second base or maybe even Henry Davis. I know you said ND to the outfield. I think maybe Davis might be, be a better candidate for the outfield since he's a little less advanced defensively. But, um, you know, I, I just see this as a spot for it didn't work out for you at your original position. You know, let's let's see out in right field. And that's not necessarily uh, I'm not coming at that from a position of strength. I think that in the near term, this is this probably will be the team's weakest position unless they end up going out and, you know, finding somebody else um, to, to, to go ahead and, and slap in here out of free agency. Long term, maybe it's Dylan Cruz. Yep. I, uh, I've really talked myself into the Dylan Cruz hype train, even since we recorded the uh, episode about that. And that's who I really hope that they're going to make the move on uh, with the 1-1 this summer. Um, I guess for me, I'm, I'm thinking I've always kind of leaned more of having Swinsky out in right field rather right. than left field. So he's going to be my near-term guy. And then I'll okay. agree with you on uh, Cruz. Okay. And then just as a little bit of a spoiler, I have Sawinski plus a platoon out in left field. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's we don't even need to necessarily go uh, into that anymore uh, later on. But we will talk a little bit more in depth about the long term. It's left field at least. So Yeah, I got some. So center field. I got some thoughts on left field. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, no, no. And I, I mean, that kind of leads leads into my center field because I know what your thoughts are. So yeah. I, I still have Reynolds as the uh, the short, uh, the near term in center field. Uh, I know the defense isn't where it needs to be, but that being said, I think that he, um, I, I, I think that he's still the guy there. I think if he hits to his capacity, even if he isn't the best defender out there, I think that his, you know, um, his, his overall value is going to be higher than if he's in left field. So um, I'm, I'm all for uh, Reynolds there. Uh, long term, this is one of the least clear positions for us. I know we're, uh, he, this guy's a bit of a long shot and I'm not counting on him in any way, shape or form to, uh, to actually lock this position down. Again, this is not an optimism, you know, podcast tonight. Um, but Lonnie Wayne Jr. has all the tools to be a, uh, a long-term solution in center field. Uh, it's just a matter of, can he stay healthy enough to put him together? Can he, um, can he also bring down that, uh, that K rate that's been an early issue for him as well too. So, mm-hmm. um, but that being said, if, if he can find a way to put it together, I mean, he's got star potential uh, at center field. I think he's got, you know, he's a pl- he's a high ceiling, low floor guy. Um, I'm sure there's some other options in the system too, but I, I mean, like he's the guy that I think if he he's the guy in the system right now that I think could really lock it down uh, at some point if he gets a shot. Yeah, I mean, near term, obviously, I agree with you about Reynolds, um, especially for defining nears next year up to well after the yeah, yeah this next, after this year yeah, yeah yeah next year like one to three years out. Uh, sure. So I agree with you there. Uh, I, I, I'm buying G1 based off. Um, All right. Yeah. Just, you know, if we're tossing out some 
some names. Uh, I want to see where he see where he does this year. He's he's someone I'm really intrigued by, just the speed and the ability to get on base. So we'll see where that uh, heads this year. All right, left. Yeah, field. and oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was yeah. say left field. Uh, you know, you just want to recap your. Yeah, so I just think it'll be Swinsky plus an, a righty in in uh, mm-hmm. in center field for the foreseeable future. Um, you know, I mean, that could continue into the long term. They could also decide to upgrade the position. I, I am, I definitely am buying Sawinski stock. I, I do. Uh, I think with the shift being eliminated, I think he's going to do a very, very good job this year. But I, I don't have much confidence him against lefties. So for left field, um, this was an idea that I had, you know, for Andy. It's not some revolutionary idea that he could maybe be the the long-term left fielder. I think they are very willing to, um, you know, this year is going to be hedges and then whichever one of them gets here first uh, with the other one maybe coming up in August or September. And then I could maybe see next year they're going to let those two sift it out between them. Um, so for near, I'm actually going to propose a free agent here. And I don't know if you've ever heard this, but people love to connect Pittsburgh-born players with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Mm. I don't know if you've ever heard mm. that. Have you ever heard of this guy named mm-hmm. Neil Walker? Uh, so Yeah, yeah. I don't think I want him in left field, though. No. No, he's he's right around uh, your age nowadays, probably. Um, he's a little younger than I am, but yeah. I'm going to propose Ian Happ on a... Okay. Near, for the near-term solution. Okay. Uh, he's going to be a free agent after this year. And he's had a you know, moderately productive career, some years better than others for the Cubs. And I want to see if the uh, Pirates can maybe bring him home. And then Andy would be my long-term uh, left fielder. Okay. It'd be a sexy storyline, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think we just broke some news. So. <laughs> All right, so as far as that last position, we haven't had to talk about this for very long, but my concept for the DH, um, now and forever, I like the idea of uh, using this as like an off-day shuffle rather than giving a guy a complete day off in the field, um, you know, uh, or excuse me, giving a guy a complete day off where he's not hitting or uh, in the field. Uh, you know, just slot him into the DH position. This is also a good spot for um, whoever's not catching on a given day, Andy or Davis. Um, they can settle down and, you know, in DH. You know, this could be if there's another, um, if there's competition at second base, you know, this could be where, uh, you know, we could have Nick Gonzalez playing the field one day and Jiwon Bay into DH uh, another, you know, just moving people around. Yeah, rotating them around. Bubba Chandler when he's not pitching eventually. I'm just kidding. But uh, again, not an optimism podcast, folks. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of my vision for the position. I don't really see them needing. I think there's enough depth in this team and this uh, moving forward that you can, you know, and, and a lot of people playing the same position that rather than just chucking them somewhere that might not be the most comfortable for them, just, you know, um, you know, play them in the DH some days and play them in the field others and keep everybody fresh that way. Yeah. Yeah. And depending on how he progresses defensively, 
the first base DH slot could also be filled by Henry Davis, presumably. Sure. Um, sure. So yeah, I'm I'm in favor of that. I've you know I I devalue first base, but I really devalue DH. Uh, yeah, I do too. There's absolutely no reason to sign a full time DH. So, yep, I'm with you on that. All right, so let's move on to pitchers. Uh, same concept. Uh, who's your SP one? Who's the the ace of the Pirates for the next great squad? Okay. So for the uh, for the time being, um, I think we're gonna have a, a below rate ace. Okay, um, and I think it'll probably be Ronzi. Um, nothing against Ronzi. I just don't see him as a an anchor for a really good rotation. Uh, I think that um, I think he's got uh, he's definitely a solid middle of the rotation guy. Maybe even a number two at some point in time, you know. But I sort of see him as uh, I, I see him more as an uh, a, a, you know a middle guy mm-hmm. than a than a top of the rotation. Uh, Long term, maybe Chase Dollander. What was that last name? Maybe Chase. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. I forgot about that bit that we did. Um, maybe Chase Dollander. Okay. Well, we can't have Cruz and Dollander, so. No, we can't have both of them. But I mean, I, I think it, this is going to be uh, th- this is going to be an interesting conversation that we have for the next uh, six months or so, um, because you seem like you're gearing up for Cruz. I'm gearing up for Dollander. I'm I'm all in for Dollander at this point. Um, I think he's at a position that's a little tougher to fill, uh, and uh, and and the Pirates notably need an ace. And that, the fact that the uh, Brian Reynolds trade rumors always centered around an ace quality prospect makes me think that they're gearing up to draft themselves an ace. Mm-hmm. Of, you know, so um, the comps for Jay. Uh, the comps for Dollander are legit. You know, they're saying that he might be the best college pitcher since, uh, uh, since, um, uh, I'm, I, since Garrett Cole. There we go. I got the name eventually. I was, I kept wanting to say Garrett Jones. So he's, he was a terrible pitcher. <laughs> he wasn't even a very good first baseman outfielder. Um, but I, I just couldn't get the name out. But yeah, Dollander, I, I think, you know, the, I'm, I'm buying the hype. I'm buying the hype. Okay, um, I'm with you on on your uh, your Ronzi is um, the sh- the short term ace. I, I agree with you there. Um, all right, so who's backing him up at the second spot? Yeah, so I think for the short term it's going to be Keller again. I think that's a below rate number two. I see. I also see Keller as a pretty solid three. Like I think those guys are pretty close um, together. Uh, you know. Ronzi, I think, has a little bit more upside, which is why I put a head ahead there. But um, you know, Keller's come around. I think he's he's established himself. He's starting to look a little bit more like the pitcher that we expected him to be. Long term, I think this is uh, the number two spot. Might be the uh, the best case scenario, Luis Ortiz. That's the guy develops a reliable third pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and I think if he does do that, I think he's a legit uh, number two in a good rotation. Yeah, I'll, I'm gonna. I'm going to be pretty bullish on Ortiz. I'm going to have him here in the near and long as okay. the, uh, the number two spot. And not to kind of just keep hogging it here, but I'm going to put Keller as my number three. Um, pretty much you, you sort of said it already. I think that's just his his spot. I just think he's a, a three. 
Um, might be a low end three or a high four, but I'm going to put him in as a three uh, in the short term. And uh, I'm going to put uh, Quinn Priester in as my long, okay. long-term three. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so I have... Um... I've got Ortiz as the three in the short term while he develops that that pitch. Um, and then I have Ron Z as my three long term. Mm-hmm. So um, four, I have Priester. I have Priester there in the short and long term. Um, I like that spot for him. I think he's an upside four. Um, if you can have a guy of his caliber in the four hole, I think you're in, in really good shape. This also provides a little bit of a buffer in case his, uh, the concerns that we're hearing about lately of him not generating enough swing and miss on his fastball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is this is a, a little bit of a buffer for him as far as I'm concerned. You know, so it, it takes a little bit of a pressure off, of the pressure off of him. Um, but in the end, that could be a really nice deep one through four if he, he makes it, yep. you know. So who do you have uh, rounding out the rotation? So I've got Oviedo there. Um, I like him. I, I'd like to see him in the rotation. Uh, this season, uh, right from the jump, I, I think uh, he really proved, I think, in seven games last year that he's uh, he's of the caliber. Um, you know, if he is the number five starter, I think he's, again, it's going to be tremendous depth. What the Pirates might lack the next few years in terms of upside, I think that they're going to make up for in terms of just being more solid four and five than the average you know, than, than even above average rotation, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, I, I mean, you know, if everybody averages out to a three, you know, that's like having a normal one through five, right? So yep. uh, long term, I have either Bubba or Solamento there. Um, you know, I, I think uh, uh, Bubba's obviously got bigger upside and he could push some of these guys that are further up the list. Uh, Solamento, I think he's looking... Probably more like a three ceiling guy, um, but Bubba could push higher potentially. Um, but he's obviously a much bigger work in progress. I, I feel pretty good about Solomento having a productive career in the majors at this point. So, like you know, that's why the number five seems like a good spot for him. But uh, you know, who knows? You know, Bubba could either uh, Bubba could easily push some people down this list. Yeah, you know. So I, I mean, I agree with you about about Chandler and Solomento. Um, I'm going to take a little bit more of a safer, um, more known quantity. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, this guy is going to storm the gates of PNC Park, probably starting around July 1st, and that's Mike Burrows. Okay. Uh, I'm going to put him in as the five, both for uh, near and long term. Okay. Um, and it's, you know... A number five starter is sometimes a, pe- a pejorative term, but I agree with you that sure. uh, the Pirates are pretty much going to be strong one through six, maybe even one through seven, uh, mm-hmm. one or two years from now. That it's not going to be like, oh God, you know, who, what, what retread are we trotting out now at number five? So I'm very bullish on their pitching depth. So I, I agree with you there. Um, okay, so how about last one here? Uh, we don't have to go through the entire pen, but uh, who's your closer in the near term, which again is one to three years, and who's your closer in the long term? 
yeah, so, I mean, near term, I still see it as Bender. Um, I could see him being traded as soon as this offseason. Mm -hmm. But that being said, wouldn't that be something if they brought in Ian Happ and then traded Bednar? It'd be like a Highlander of the Inzers on the Pirates. The, like it's like the law, you know. the law of conservation of the Inzers. Yeah, I mean, like if he's, you know, I mean, they're gonna piss, they're gonna piss people off by trading away Bender or Bednar, but then they're gonna bring in Happ, and that'll just all balance things out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's. Uh, I'm trying. I can't remember. I think Bender's from Bender's from the South Hills, right? And Hap's from no. Plum. No, you got you're yeah, you're a little off on that. Uh, Am I? Bed, Bender's from Mars. Oh, all right. And Ian Hap is from Mount Lebanon. Oh, okay. So I actually got him kind of. I got him flip flopped a little bit there. Okay. Well, one way or the other, they're gonna piss off the South Hills and. Or they're gonna piss off the North Hills, and then they're gonna you know make the South Hills happy, I guess. But yeah, I I'm kind of blank. Uh, I'm I'm mixing Hap up with the guy that um, with the guy that Minnesota drafted yeah, a few years you're, back. You're exactly right, yeah. Kirilov. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Um. So long term, uh, at the closer position, I have that as the Ortiz worst case scenario. Yeah. That's. Um. That's so a like, really, if he doesn't, if he, yeah, that's an interesting call. Yeah, I mean, if he doesn't hack it as a starter, if he doesn't ever develop that third pitch, then um, or even even slightly serviceable, like I think he's a lockdown, you know, elite relief pitcher. So I mean, you know, this is why I think a lot of people are up on Ortiz, especially like the talking heads. Um, yeah, he might. He's got upside in the rotation, but again, he's got a super super high floor at this point too. Yeah. So. Um, as far as the uh, the rest of the, I only looked at a couple of setup guys. I think less, Holderman and Bur Burrows are my. Less, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. So I, I think uh, I I only looked at a couple of guys for setup. So I think Holderman and Burrows are my guys there. Yeah. I I don't look at a long term option for the bullpen because you know it's there's so much there's so much volatility there. Yep. It, it's hard to say, you know what's going to be after one year or two years. Well, that was a good look. Uh, at the near and long term. So I think that's a good place for us to stop for this week. And uh, I'm Kevin Craig. And I'm Steve DiMaselli. Thanks again for listening to the Point of Pittsburgh, the podcast.